Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson-Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today, you know what? I am so happy to have Claire Whitaker on the show. I love being able to interview young entrepreneurial people. And she'll probably say she's not too young, but at my age, she's young. So Claire is a business systems and automation coach and the founder of Artificially Intelligent Consulting. Um, but she didn't always know that was going to be her path. Claire started her career as a research chemist working, developing new products, and finding ways to scale them using lean manufacturing methods. And after a while, she wanted something more fast-paced, and that was when she joined Amazon. Now, initially in accounts management, she moved across a variety of roles, eventually working on projects and launching products using AI across Europe, India, and Japan. What? No Canada? Oh. Now she's a certified SME consultant. She's working with small businesses, sharing the framework that helped her drive consistent, sustainable growth without getting overwhelmed. And her signature program, Drive Together, helps business owners identify and implement systems to double revenue without working extra hours. So welcome to the show, Claire. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me all the way from London town. (laughs) I learned that I love talking to people in different places around the world because you will have a unique perspective that I don't have here. Mm. And doing these podcasts, I have learned so much just through the process of interviewing people in so many different places. So uh, it, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to to interview you today. Now, Claire, you've got a story you want to share with us. So I'm going to give you a few minutes to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah. So, I mean, we covered a lot of it on the bio introduction, which was great, by the way. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but... I'll tell you a little bit more detail. So yeah, I I did. I studied chemistry at at the University of Manchester. And I, I, like any good chemist, any good little scientist, decided to go straight into working in research after I finished my degree and was on a graduate program. And they placed me in the, in the innovation team, which was pretty mm-hmm. cool because I got to work and see like new technologies and how we could add them into our products. I actually worked for a company that's pretty big in the UK, but you probably have never heard of it in Canada. But it's Dulux Paints, and they're owned by oh, yeah. a big chemical company. Oh, really? Oh, great. Yeah, we well, have Dulux Paints here. My, oh, maybe you've <laughs> tested my products. So I actually 
like my claim to fame at Gulex is I was responsible for like helping develop this product where if you throw your coffee or your wine at the wall accidentally or at someone and then <laughs> them, um, it forms these little bubbles that just roll off the wall so it doesn't stain so everything is fine Ooh, and I, that is I really cool that and I was very very pleased with myself and I was <laughs> able to do that. it was a nightmare um, trying to get that off the ground but yeah after and, and actually that was a really interesting first job because I was like able to get experience in manufacturing and mm -hmm. able to get experience with process design and making sure things were as efficient as possible because you're operating on quite low profit margins. Yes. So you need to make sure that things are working efficiently and that they're scaling correctly so that you don't have problems when you try and kind of grow and produce more. Mm -hmm. so that was really interesting, but the majority of the products and the majority of the projects that I was working on would have like 20 to 30 year development cycles. And I am really not a patient person. So it's like torture. I know. And it's like chemistry is really annoying. Like, I don't know if you've ever done any chemistry, but like, it's really annoying. Like it's really fiddly. Like if you get one thing wrong, the whole thing, I'm not, I just don't have that kind of patience. I never did. You know what? I was pretty good in most sciences, but chemistry and physics just really threw me for a loop. But like the chemistry. It didn't make sense to me. <laughs> Well, the to me, the chemistry in the book made sense. But as soon as you go into the lab, it's like, nah, it was just kind of, we just made up the stuff in the book. It doesn't really work <laughs> in practical. Like, lol. <laughs> like, it was all a joke. So, yeah. Anyway, after a few years of doing that, I wanted to move to something more fast-paced. And I actually wanted to get more into business. And that was when the opportunity to join Amazon came up. Amazon was pretty new in the UK at that point, And they were doing a lot of hiring. I mean, they're still doing a lot of hiring. But like, yeah. And so uh, fun fact, when I first joined Amazon, I could change anything on the website by uploading an Excel file. Like anything. So much power. Infinite. <laughs> And the desire for so, so the power. question is, and this is going out publicly, did you ever change anything that you weren't supposed to? <laughs> By accident, yes. <laughs> I, I, like I did accidentally change the price of something that was meant to be about 150 pounds to five pounds for an hour. <laughs> we lost so much money. <laughs> it was not good. Like, not good. That's why they don't let you do that anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so it was a really fun experience and it taught me a lot about running businesses. And actually one thing that I really enjoyed was how I could use some of the process design and scaling training to kind of help me actually be good at my job at Amazon. Because one thing about Amazon is that like they, they tell you on day one, like, we're going to give you more than we know that you can do. Your job is to work out what you should be doing and like, ah, like the most okay. important things. So like that experience was really interesting and taught me a lot about prioritization and being mm. able to do things at scale in a business setting. Yes. And it was also when I kind of got the inkling that I wanted to do my own thing. Mm. So I was working in AI um, like as a product person, not as a tech person, and started to like really want to learn more about that topic. 
And so I, I decided to teach myself to code and document this process on a blog. And when I started writing that blog, it was just going to be a blog. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden I was in this world of like bloggers and entrepreneurs and people were building their own stuff and people <laughs> were doing all of these different things. And I was like, Ooh, this is exciting. And I decide, and that's kind of when and how I decided that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I wanted to own my own business and I wanted to do something. And that my experiences with process design and systems and helping people scale things was a pain point that a lot of entrepreneurs were having that mm -hmm. I could really help with. And that's kind of when I decided to do the business that I have now, mm -hmm. which is my systems and automations coaching. That is so cool. Now, I know today you've come prepared to talk to us about how to eliminate, automate, delegate, and grow. Yeah. So just before we do that, though, what would you say was, what was one thing that you did career-wise that you really felt prepared you to become an entrepreneur? I guess that... It was probably getting the breadth of experience. Like this is a little bit of a cop out of a thing, but I had a relatively varied in the 10 years of corporate experience that I did. Mm -hmm. I, I played, I had, I wore a lot of hats. Yes. I was in R and D. I was in manufacturing and supply chain. I was a little bit of marketing. I was mm -hmm. a little bit of account management. I yes. was a project manager and and then I did my own thing on the side, which taught me a lot of social media. So mm -hmm. I had like all these like insights into different ways that people did things in big companies that were successful and was able to kind of like, see, I did, I did something very useful, which was working as an account manager and having to look at profitability and terms negotiations. Mm -hmm. Yes. And all of that kind of like really important key business stuff that you don't necessarily think about when you start up your own business as an entrepreneur or a lot yes. of people don't. And so just having this like breadth of different experiences, I think set me up really well when it came to starting my own thing, because I was able to pull a little bit from each of those things into mm -hmm. my business. And I think you make an important point because I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we think, Oh, we've got to already have a lot of specialty. And what I've learned is, is that it is the experiences of our life so far that equip us to become entrepreneurs. You know, yes. I have a very, a very like you, varied uh, experiences, not necessarily jobs, because I actually spent most of my time working at home. But I've worked in many type of entrepreneurial type situations, which then when I brought it all together, allowed me to start my publishing company. So, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, we can't be afraid of not having a specialty right from the beginning, but learning from all the experiences we had. Yeah. And I think often your specialty comes from when you actually take that step back and look at your career, like what was the constant? Mm -hmm. So for me, that was the like process, like the process yeah. and the design of those. That was like the one constant that I used in each role mm -hmm. and for other entrepreneurs that might be something slightly different and that forms their niche, like yeah. their specialty. Perfect. 
All right. So I'm going to let you lose because I know that you've prepared some stuff on eliminate, automate, delegate, and grow. So I'm going to let you share for a bit and then we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So eliminate, automate, delegate, and grow is basically the system I use with my clients. And I have a couple of ways of calling it, but this is my current favorite, most snappy to really help them streamline their business and set up systems. Mm -hmm. So the first step is around eliminate. And this is all based on the idea of the 80-20 principle, which is that you can get 80% of the value from just 20% of the work. So I think as entrepreneurs, and I know as myself, speaking from personal experience, you can feel a lot of pressure to do all the things, like be on all the social media platforms, try a course and have a a one-on-one program and have like your own design business and have memberships and have all of these different things to like build this like Mm multi-revenue streamed business. And and that's great, but that's not where you should start. And actually a lot of the time there'll be just one or two of those things, like one or two of those social media platforms, one or two of those revenue streams that are really working for you. And if you can, spend the time looking through your business and everything that's going on and understand what those one or two things are that one platform that one revenue um that one like marketing activity that you do then you like by focusing in on that and eliminating all of the other stuff you can really grow your business much faster and with much less overwhelm Mm -hmm. so just taking the time to do that is so important as an entrepreneur and making sure that you, you, you really understand what's driving the growth of your business. It's it's funny you talk about that because one of the things we do with our clients is many times we'll have two or three or sometimes usually four very, very different covers made. Mm. And I'll tell people, You know, it's not really about the cover that you like best. It's about the cover that's going to speak to your target audience. And we get them to post it on all of their social media and vote. And invariably, if you have four covers, one will come out on top and there'll be a second one that is either really close or significantly not close. And it's consistent across the board. And the other two, like, get practically nothing. Like, it's not they don't get any, but it's so significantly small compared to the votes of the other two. And it's usually not the one that the client picked in the first place. Yeah. 100%, because you're way too close to your own genius. Like, you're too invested in it. Like, you're, you're, like I, I do this all the time. Like, I get too attached to how I want things, like, developing this like little product that I'm like I love this I think this would be so useful and people are like I have no idea why you've made this <laughs> I want this other thing that you thought was trash that you did ages ago and I'll give you all the money to get that <laughs> yes I'm familiar with this situation yeah. uh, and so you know when you eliminate out of your business like here's the thing as your business grows as you bring on more people then you you can diversify things out because you have the the staff to handle it. But when it's just you, you cannot do it all. You, yeah. you just burn out. Like yeah, completely. And trying to as well, like you'll you'll end up going slower because mm-hmm. you won't be able to really give it all to the thing that's actually working. 
Yeah. And get it to this constant. And then the next stage actually automate. It's like mm. taking that thing that's working and creating a process that can be automated or creating a system that can be semi-automated or at least requires like the bare minimum of your mental effort to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then, then, and just doing that for that thing that you found that's working really well, that's what's going to help you grow. So like one thing that's working really well in my business right now for getting me clients is having a Facebook group. So mm -hmm. having that Facebook group, people come, they see me do trainings. They're like, I like her trainings. I want to work with her. And that's way, it, like me just focusing on doing good trainings in that group is yeah. way better than me focusing on trainings in that group, but then also doing stuff on LinkedIn. And then I'm going to have a webinar and then I'm going to do this. Like, no, I need to just yeah. do that and kind of create a system that I can use to then automate or at least semi-automate all the promotion that's going into that group because I know that's what's driving the revenue and that's what's driving the growth for me. And so then there's automate and then delegate. So this is when you're starting to get a bit bigger, you're seeing more things. And there are certain things that can't be automated, Like you can't really automate copywriting as an example. Like yeah. you need to either do it yourself or have someone else do it for you. For mm -hmm. like you probably could get some kind of like fancy AI to write some copy for you, but it will be terrible. And yeah. like, it won't make any sense. So Let, let's go back to let's go back to automate for a sec because you were talking about your social media. And yeah. I, I think that's really important because in social media numbers count. And to hit momentum and to be able to sell on social media and to be able to get results on social media, you really, it really is a numbers based type business. So, you know, if you have, you know, 500 here or 500 there, or, you know, 500 on each of your sites, you're better off to have 2,500 on one site than 500 on five sites. Exactly. And so if you're focusing on that one site, you'll be able to get there a lot quicker and you can start like for example if you know that one site is working and you're able to generate revenue from that you it then gives you more freedom so for example mm -hmm. uh, like with facebook you can start experimenting with facebook ads to yes. help grow your community um in a much more automated way that doesn't require you to just constantly be engaging in other places and growing yes. that way and if you've set that up and you've set up your funnels in a good way you can make you can really use that tool in a very powerful way mm -hmm. to automatically grow your following and keep bringing new people into your, into your world with social yeah. media and like it's much more efficient. You know, it was funny when I was starting to grow the business, I was really hesitating to delegate things out because there was just so many things that I was really was the best at doing and I've had to learn to let go. Uh, but one of, uh, it was at a conference and uh, the, one of the speakers explained it this way, and it just all of a sudden really made sense to me. And the gentleman said, let's say that you can make $100 an hour doing what you do best in your business, right? But there are a lot of things that need to be done in your business. But you want to be working on growing your business, not working in your business. But you're so determined that you've got to work in your business as opposed to on your business. So you're doing all of these things, these piddly things that need to be done. It's not that they don't need to be done. And you're not all that great at them. 
So, you know, instead of, you know, the things that you're really good at that you're bringing $100 in, you're trying to do stuff that you can pay, let's say, $20 an hour to do that you're really bad at in the first place and you hate doing and you keep procrastinating on. So why not? (laughs) Yes, you're basically losing $80 an hour by doing it yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Now, you know what? Here's the thing. When you're first starting your business and money is so extremely tight, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you're just paying your dues, right? And, and there are a lot of things that you're just doing yourself because there is no money there, really. You don't have that financial base yet. But it really does not take long until you're at that point where you should be starting to delegate some things out. Yeah. Either absolutely. automate them or delegate them. You know, like... Yeah. Uh, there's things that we do for the podcast that I delegate out. You know, I record the podcast. I make sure, you know, all the information's uploaded to where it needs to be. But after that, I've got people to, you know, edit the audios. I've got, um, you know, someone who uploads everything for me and creates my graphics. You know, I've got someone who creates an audiogram and gets it out on social media for me, you know, because I don't have time to do those things. I'm growing my business. Mm. Exactly. Right. Like the faster you do that and the like more comfortable you get with delegating it out, the faster you're actually going to grow because you're not trying to get everything done every day. And like there is, I think also like when you're starting, it is important to do everything in your business at least once, probably a few times. So you know how to do it. So you know how to do it and you understand it. And then if something goes wrong or when you're hiring someone to help you actually, like you know what you need them to do and you'll be able, you're able to provide them with much better instructions. You're able to provide them with like an outline of what you need. You know what you're expecting from them. It's just going to be way easier for someone coming into your business to be able to kind of like pick up these tasks. If you've done it yourself at least once before, because you know their pain, you know where they're going to struggle. Well, and the other thing too is, is, you know, you create systems around how you do things. Yeah. So then when you hire somebody new, you bring them into that system. So mm-hmm. what I do is I, you know, when we hire somebody new, we bring them into the, the system that we already have in place. Like we, I have writers and editors and transcriptionists and, you know, graphic designers. I've got all these people. So we have a hiring process. We have a hiring system. And then, you know, once they're in, there's an onboarding system mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not that we're not willing to change the system. So here's the thing that I've learned is I don't know everything about everything. Mm -hmm. And I try to hire people who are specialists in what they do. And so while we do expect you to work within our system, we are always open for suggestions and growing and changing the system. So, you know, if my team comes to me and says, uh, Kim, you know, we're doing it this way, but it would be much more effective if we do it this way then i'm going to look at that and i'm going to go oh wow okay so and then we put a plan in place to implement the changes we just don't throw stuff and go helter skelter it's okay no this needs to be changed now here's the plan to change it right and so it becomes a way of growing where everyone is respected and everyone is appreciated And it becomes a real team effort where I don't have to know everything. I just have to know the people who do. (laughs) 
But that's so important. That's such an important point. And that's actually very aligned with the ideas and the principles behind lean process design is you want to be continuously improving. You want to be like allowing people to be experts in their space. Cause when you're the business owner, even like at the beginning, you're doing it all. Like you don't have time to fully devote to everything. Mm. Like you, you get it as good as you can get it. And then yeah. you give it to someone and then they're just doing that. They're bound to find better ways of doing it within your system. Like they're exactly. only focusing on this one thing. And that's awesome because they're going to make the process better. Mm. And then they're going to make the system better. And that's going to help you. It's going to help your business. It's going to help your clients. Like it's a really good way of doing things. And I realized that it's really difficult to let go of control when you've built this up as your baby and no one is going to love it like you love it and like it's all yours and you've worked so hard but if you can do that and do it gradually like start with like the more minor things and like the little things that just you hate doing anyway and like build it up like it's going to be so much value for you as the business owner as you grow up and I think you brought up an important point there about starting them off with small things you see, there are certain things that I will not let control of unless you are a very trusted person in my company. You know, yeah. there's certain accounts that I have, certain pieces of software, you know. Um, I just don't hire a VA and hand off all my passwords. Yeah. Right? So, again, it's even in your delegation, you have to have a system for it. Mm. And, you know, you, you build up a trusted team over time. Yes. Because I've heard so many horror stories of people who just, you know, hired someone, handed them basically the keys to everything, didn't really regulate or check in on them or, you know, have a system for assessing them. And a couple of months later, everything was a disaster. And they couldn't even get into accounts because the person had gone in, changed the password, you know, all these types of things, right? So, geez. Yeah. And I think that's another important point. You really want to prepare for delegation. Like don't just hire someone because you need something doing, like hire them to implement a solution that you have already outlined and designed yourself and like tested yourself because otherwise exactly like you say, you're going to end up, I know so many people, in fact, so many of my clients have just hired a VA and they're like, just need a VA. I need help. And then I'm like, okay, great. What are they going to do? They're like, they're just going to help. I'm like, they're not going to help. They're not going to help at all. This is no. going to be a nightmare. You haven't set expectations. You, they don't know the process. They don't know the assistance. They don't know yeah. how you want it done. Like all of these things need to be mapped out carefully before you bring people into the fold. And, and you need to devote time to it too. Yeah. Like Which the craziest time in my business is when it's growing and I have to bring on new people to handle the growth. Yeah. And so now, you know, we're looking, you know, my book, my manager and myself, we kind of look at it and we're going, you know what, I think we're going to have a lot of growth in the next month or two. And then we start the process then of bringing people on so that when the growth is starting to hit, we've already got some people installed to handle it. Cause it's really difficult when you're trying to keep up with everything and onboard new people. Yeah. So another reason to onboard before you think you should onboard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I like today about a lot of um, softwares today is is they have different types of users within accounts now. Like even mm-hmm. YouTube, for the longest time, YouTube did not have users. So, you know, I would have to give someone my YouTube or basically my Google um, mm-hmm. 
you know, passwords to be able to do some YouTube stuff for me. So I really actually didn't for a long time. I just did it myself because I wasn't, wasn't comfortable with handing off that information. Uh, now, this has probably been here for a bit, but a few months ago, I realized that you can now uh, create a separate account and you can have assigned someone as an editor who can do all the work, but they don't have authority in your account, which I thought, oh, it's like about time, man. This is really good. <laughs> So, I mean, that's something else too. Like if you're thinking on bringing on a VA or, you know, different people to do things and you're using different accounts and softwares and things like that, look to see if you can set up a, an additional user. You know, mm -hmm. that's not the administrator. They're more like an editor or moderator or, or whatever they call it who can do the work that needs to be done, but doesn't have the authority to change anything. Yeah. And you want, yeah, because you don't want to put, bring someone on who's a new person that hasn't got that trust and give them all the keys to the castle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like in, in my case, my manager, Juanita, she's been my best friend for over 30 years. I, I would just, you know, without even thinking about it, I, I would hand her everything. Mm. But again, she's been my best friend <laughs> for yeah, over 30 it's very years. very different, like... Yeah, if I get my sister works in marketing, so I was like, if my sister's doing my marketing, like, yeah, of course, she could just have all of my admin stuff. But like, this person that I've just met who's a copywriter who I think is really good and sounds really cool and I want to work with, like, they're not getting anywhere near any of my <laughs> passwords. Like, they could be the best in the world, but no, <laughs> like, not right now. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why it's important to, you know, uh, have that system in place for onboarding and, you know, yeah. systems for building trust. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So the last one is grow. Do you have some information well, on grow for us? Yeah. So grow really comes when you kind of pull all of these things together. You've eliminated the things that just aren't driving the return on investment for your time and your effort. You've automated out the processes and the systems that can be automated in your business. So you're not having to worry about them and they can work without you having to do the input. You've now started to delegate, bring on specialists, mm -hmm. bring on assistants, bring on people who are going to help you really strategically grow the business, focus, and like think about the strategy so you freed up more of your time. And when you get those things in place, you're going to see the growth. And you'll probably see the growth after stage one. But now you've kind of built a really great platform that's mm -hmm. sustainable and that's the most important thing like you don't want like i really have i work with a few people who have grown really 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 fast and that sounds great on paper but actually it's a living hell for all of them yeah um, and they so by just being like being okay with going a bit slower being okay with like building it up putting the systems in place putting the processes in place that are just going to make it sustainable have a good foundation have a good cost structure mm -hmm. and have like everything working for you in a way then you can just you can go to the races like you can go gangbusters which isn't a word i get to say very often but i do enjoy. <laughs> um, and you can just grow and grow and grow and because you've got all of those systems in place you trust them and you know that they work you're not going to have to be working all the hours under the sun to be able to sustain that growth. And yeah. that is the process. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny because um, the last couple of years specifically, um, you know, when Need and I have really focused on the systems and, 
we can't auto really automate a lot. Like we've looked at automation, it just doesn't really work. But delegation is is a huge part of our business, and um, we had already been putting in plans in place last year. And then this year hit and things had been a little bit on the slow side. We had some things happen last year. Uh, so we spent the first three months just really building some things back up again. But we had systems in place, which really worked well because when COVID-19 hit, it was like all of a sudden, all of our efforts, you know, in, in building and getting clientele, renewing some things. And then COVID hit and everybody wanted books. It was like all of a sudden, like day and night, it was just like, whoa. But because because we had systems in place, um, it was crazy, but and and occasionally overwhelming. But I wasn't like, oh my god, what are we going to do? Right? It was like, okay, we've got this system in place. Okay, we've got all these businesses coming in. You know, uh, we Juanita had gone through the hiring process with me a few times, so now I was able to say to her, okay, you take care of the hiring process. Right, because we we had created a system, a vetting system for hiring our writers, our editors, all these people, and so now it was just like, okay, you've seen me do it. You know, I'm obviously here for help and support and whatever, but I'm going to focus on you know handling all this growth. You know, you need to bring on some more staff so that you know yeah. we can keep it all going, and it worked really well. Yeah, it worked really well. So you know, again. Um, as you teach, as you train, as you work with, then you can hand off more. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, and that's like, I think the most important thing and like the going back to my very roots again with the lean, it's like continuously improve, continuously develop, continuously like make your systems better, see what works, evaluate, grow and keep doing this over and over and over again. And you'll be able to build like a really sustainable business that really just supports the lifestyle you want to lead which yep. i think is so important for entrepreneurs because you can end up spending it like what's the thing you say you choose to spend 80 hours a week working so you don't have to work 40 well no you should be able to like have this <laughs> that's about the place. truth some week <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly but like having at least if you have the systems in place you should at least be able to have like a few weeks a year where you're not working 80 um and you're still growing and you're building something you love because we want you to love your business and enjoy yes. it you're not going to do that if you're completely burnt out <laughs> so claire do you have one last piece of advice for us and how can people connect with you Ooh, one last piece of advice um yeah don't try and do it all at once i think even with Very systems good. like like really be strategic about it start with the eliminate then the automate then the delegate don't try and do it all at once don't try and get it perfect first time round because you're not going to <laughs> like True. even i don't get it like even i who have like a systems person my <laughs> systems first time round they're rubbish like but at least they're there and then i can improve so that was like the final piece of advice i want to share with you and then in terms of getting in touch with me probably the best way is through my facebook group actually which is called systems and automation for coaches and course creators. Nice. Yes. 
and we'll we will make sure that that link is in the show notes for you so i highly recommend that uh, you join Claire's group. So thank you so much, Claire. This has been a wonderful interview. This has been Claire Whitaker and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift for you. I'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book, Author to Authority, coming out this year. If you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free dash sample. So that is www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. Have a great day and stay safe.